the better I am at copywriting, the more I'm better at communication. From a sales standpoint, the more money I'm gonna make. Hey, this is Blake Sloan. I've been selling real estate over 14 years. Our team of highly trained professionals along with our unmatched marketing has sold thousands of homes here in the Myrtle Beach area, and this is how we do it. Yeah, a lot of people. I, I, that's what made me decide to do this last week. We gotta make sure that everything comes down to your quality of copywriting. The most powerful thing you can do from a wealth standpoint going forward is copywriting. Why? Yeah, it's harder to get people on the phones right now ever, and your, your text online means more than anything. So anybody you talk to, they're looking you up online, they're reading your reviews, they're looking at them, and so the single most important thing that you can do to build wealth, I think it's one of the quotes here uh, from one of the books, it's one of the great, I've read a bunch of this lately, I've been studying the crap out of this lately, but it just talks about how powerful it is and really how it can do. I'm just gonna see if I can find a quote I had here um, in, in terms of what it does. But it just talks about you're able to do this in that scenario. So I'm going to teach you guys a framework that way you can use where? Email, text messages, our stories online, or reviews. And I've really seen a big improvement of you all posting your, your, your testimonials and posting your um, success stories on your, your Facebook and things like that. Because, again, like I mentioned, that's your new business calling card in terms of what people are looking for. Right? It's very, very important. So they don't go look up your realtor page. They want to see who the real person is. Who's the real Jeremy? Right, and so you want to play the game the right way, and so we'll talk about copywriting, why it's so important, but Jeremy mentioned earlier, most people aren't very good at copywriting. What is copywriting? Salesmanship through text. Salesmanship through text. I guess it'd be saleswomanship, I don't know how you say that one, but salesmanship through text. And one of the quotes to talk about from him in studying says, the world's most valuable skill. There's virtually no other skill that can make you as much money as copywriting. You're all internet millionaires, right? Every business owner uh, knows this secret to be able to sell their product, right? But copywriting is a huge wealth building tool. Why? Right yes. Here's the deal. You all watch half the responses in terms of how people responded to a boomtown emails. Guess how the copywriting is not there. You have to understand, I have to be looking at salesmanship through my text and how I operate and how I communicate. And like Katie said, is influence through text. I want to ask myself, how good am I at influencing through text? And I'll break this down to a quick thing that, that's an easy way to look at this. It's called pastor. has nothing to do with the previous message, but uh, that's important for us to look at this framework that we have here. I learned this. I didn't come up with this, but I've really been studying copywriting a long time. Dan Kennedy was my first, my first uh, influences in that. I was in his mastermind group uh, for multiple years, read almost all of his books, and it really helped me look and think at things differently. You want to get to a way where you think of all words in terms of sales. Specifically, how does the mind calculate the words that I'm writing to them via text message, via email via a testimonial, whatever it is, because most people do what? They just respond to respond. They're not responding to influence. And so everything I do going forward from today needs to be responding with text to do what? Influence. So when I'm going through, through these things, I understand the first part's P. P stands for the person, the problem, 
and the pain. What do you think that means? The person, the problem, the pain. Okay. Yep, writing it out or I'm understanding who I'm writing to. Yeah, so most people who are responding to your clients, right, in your emails, in your texts, in your follow-up, in your, your online posts, uh, really your responses online in Boomtown, most people aren't even really writing with the understanding of what? Yeah, they're just writing some script that you're used to writing to people that have been in your bucket. Versus taking time to slow down and understand, hey, who is the person I'm talking to right now? What will be an example of that? My move-up buyer? A relocation buyer, investor buyer, 1031 buyer, right? All these things matter. Why? I have to understand the, 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 the psychology of the person I'm writing to so I can do what? Connect to them at a deeper level. But most people aren't taking the time to slow down to understand how do I craft my copy, right? AKA my text to understand what I need to get here at the outcome. Second piece is taking time to understand what? Their problem, why? Was that gonna dictate their point of view? Yeah, if I'm taking time to figure out, okay, well, if I got a first time buyer, what kind of problems they got right now? Affordability, they're renting, rent's going up, prices are going up, they're not sure if they should jump or not jump or what's going on in their world, right? They need a place of actually security. Versus the un, you know, unsureness, uh, unsurety in regards to their current life or where they're at renting. Right? I need to take time to understand what type of problems they have. What type of problems could maybe a seller have? What do you guys think one of the biggest problems both sellers and buyers have, specifically sellers? They're worried about listing their place having trouble finding another one. That's one, for sure. You trust them to... Who do I trust? Yeah. Who do I trust? That's one of the biggest questions. I don't know who to trust. Same to me. If I'm getting somebody to, to do a big project in my house, what do I figure out? Who can I trust? Who's going to rip me off? Who's not going to rip me off? Who can I trust? But the more time we spend on crafting this understanding, the more we understand the psychology of our prospect and the better I can deeper connect to them in terms of who they are. And so you want to take some time to work with yourself. We could spend probably three hours on this together. If I thought about this, it's probably what I've done the whole time. It's just let's just really write out all these problems so we can understand how do I craft my offer to better match them based on what their problems are. The best way to do this, right, is to just really describe the problem in great detail. Listen to all the pre previous horror stories, things you've had, right? Very important in that scenario. Third piece of this is what? Pain. Pain of what? Yes, the pain of not solving the problem. The pain of not solving the problem. What's the pain of not solving their problem? Mm -hmm. And that could later on lead to what? Divorce, right? Single parents raising, uh, and this dude was worried about the nail pops in the house, right? One of the big problems first-time buyers right now, and the pain of that, the pain of their problem here is what? They may never, they may never be able to own a house, but they don't buy soon, as in ever. And so there's these things that you got to understand that the deeper I can go, this thing I can really truly influence somebody better if I understand that they, the the true outcome of what can happen, they don't take action on this. Kind of leverage somebody by understanding, look, here's the deal. If you don't pay what you need to pay right now and do it quickly, you may never own a house, ever. Rates go up, prices keep going up, right? There's people priced out of the market all across the country right now. 
So the reality is it makes a big, big difference. Understand that. And I wrote it down like this too. Actually, I'm sorry, I highlighted it like this. It says, you must begin by identifying the person you are trying to reach with your message, understanding the problem you are solving for them, and the pain that that problem causes. The pain that that problem causes. What's the problem with, with this scenario here? And this is, we're guilty of all this. So I think I'm guilty of this in a way. I want you to ask yourself, write this down, how much time in the past two months have you spent asking yourself these questions to understand that for your clients? How much time in the past two months, 60 days, have you spent going deep and understanding what's the true, I guess, identity of my, my clients, right? The problem that they're facing and the pain that's caused by their problems and by not solving their problems. Not very deep for most people. Myself included, previously when I did it, right? When I did it previously, that's why I wrote the chart out. I spent like months and months and months and months figuring out this chart. It was from a previous PowerPoint, but we figured out, okay, what are the problems, what are the issues, what are the challenges they all have, and that's the scenario that we run into. And I mean like getting at home and thinking like not in front of my clients, but like what are really the main problems that all my clients seem to have, right? What's the main pain my clients seem to have? And that's one thing that's very, very important. I learned that through Garrett Warrior. He spent massive time figuring out what are the pains and the problems that people have. And then you crafted a message that, guess what we did? We're all connected to. It goes back to what I talked about before. I know your problem better than you do. I own your mind for life. The quote from Jay Abraham, who's a big influential guy, if, if somebody want to follow, right? He talks about the more accurately you can describe your reader's problem in terms they relate to, the more they instinctively feel that you must have an answer to that problem. Use the reader's own language, the very words and phrases they use to describe the problem they want to solve. Am I getting to the point where I'm understanding the true phrases and words that they do? Answer is what? No, most of the time we talk talking what? Real estate lingo or the words that are really more difficult for them to understand what's going on. So where can I dumb it down and really connect with them on a much deeper level in that scenario? You guys with me on this? I lose you. So I want to do this in what? Every response, I want to think through this process, at least understanding here's what's going on so I can do what? Understand the psychology of what they're actually thinking and where they're at. Make sense? Second piece here. I'll change colors. The A, Asper, is aspirations. Aspirations, what do you think that means? What's that? Yeah, right? First, right, I want to amplify the problems of them not solving the problem, right? The pain not solving the problem. And I also want to amplify, right, the aspirations they hold for the future. This is probably the most neglected step in the process a lot of people have. So to do that, I must first do what? Identify. The word I was thinking about is understand their aspirations. So I like the word identify and understand what their aspirations are in terms of that. Here's the crazy part though, and I'll just read this. We talked about this previously when we did seduction, but that's what's very similar. It says, here's the thing, what will motivate your people to buy the product, invest in your service, or accept the idea is usually not the beautiful outcome 
framed in the light on its own. Rather, that before painting the picture of paradise they seek, you must get them to fully experience the consequence of not solving the problem. We talked about that previously in seduction, which was what? The cascade effect. I need to understand the difference here between the pain and the aspiration, but the aspiration will not make as much sense until I get very good at doing what? Understanding and amplifying the pain. And the pain is what moves people, not necessarily the problem. Why is that? Because a lot of people tend to ignore the problem until the pain becomes strong enough they actually have to deal with the problem. Very, very important to look and understand that scenario. Then we also talk about what's the cost of not solving that problem in terms of their aspirations, where they want to go. So this is what we're going to be cascading between the two here. You guys with me on that? This is where I also wrote down, or highlighted, it says you must make them aware of the cost of indecision. This goes back to what will it cost them not to solve the problem. It needs to almost every single time come down to a dollar amount. Why? It needs to be real. Right? It needs to be real. So write that down. It needs to be some type of dollar amount in a way. Very important to understand in that scenario. The S part. What do you think S is? Next part, story, solution, and system. Does anybody notice the similarity to the charts? What do we talk about in the very first part of the chart? Right? The problems, the pain, the problems, all these things in that scenario. First part about the story. Who thinks they're a good storyteller? We've got to get very, very, very good at telling stories. I've noticed this when we started teaching you guys about how to do your, your online um, pending deals, closed deals, right? That the more you tell a story, what happens? What's that? Yep. As they, they start telling the story, but the, the, the testimonial becomes more what? Personal. Personal. I saw a funny coast where this guy was sharing, a, um, I think it was Ryan Lovell was sharing a picture of somebody he redid a house for. And he just posted the picture and said, thanks. And then Scott in the comments wrote, hey, dude, if you actually told the story behind this, it'd probably get a lot more action online. And I wonder where he got that from, right? Which is pretty cool him to teach somebody that. But the reality is I've got to get good at telling stories. Very, very good at telling stories. It takes reps. But I want you guys to write this. I took this from this guy named Jeremy Finlay. He's part of Warrior. But he wrote that stories are a vehicle of connection. Stories are a vehicle of connection. What do you think that means? So, yes, you want stories of clients, yourself, your brand, everything. You want to tell the stories because that's a vehicle that's used to connect them to you and your process and your product. You guys with me on that? Very, very important to understand that piece in terms of what it is. That's the key part there, what that is. And that piece of what it is in that scenario, I think that's super, super important. Also, the story of someone who solved their problem using your solution Right? A solution just like yours. Our system would be what? GSS, Jeremy? 
right? UABS. You guys with me on this? So where can I get better at weaving in the stories of my clients using what? Unfair advantage buyer system, right? And also the guaranteed sold system. You want to make sure that we're getting better. And here's the deal. If I could just talk about one part of this, is this right here. Story, 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 story. I learned my radio show. The more stories I tell about very specific people, the more connection I get, the more phone calls we get. I've tested every way. If I tell a story about people who sold a property they rented, guess what I get that calls us? Somebody who owned a property they rented out and they want to sell it now. Every time. Why? Because they connected that vehicle of story that brings them to that scenario. You guys with me on this? You can write this in a sales letter, right? You can also write this in your emails. You can write this in your testimonials. Very, very important in that scenario. Now, the T, it's a pivotal part, comes around with the story. What do you think this, the T stands for? Transformation. What do you think that means? One of the things I've learned a lot and just studied all types of copywriting is that people don't buy your product, they buy the transformation. Perfect example of that would be what? I'll talk about outside real estate real quick. They don't buy P90X, they buy the transformation who I am after P90X. Right? They don't buy Beachbody products, they buy the transformation who they become after the products. It's important to understand why, because what most people do? They sell the, the unfair advantage system, not the, the convenience. But to understand what they want, I have to understand what their pain and their problem is here so I can relate that to what? The transformation. Right? People are not buying your stuff, they're buying the transformation. Very, very important. And the one thing that, that, that was a note from here, it says, don't confuse the vehicle with the destination. Don't confuse the vehicle with the destination. This is going to have something we get very, very good at as time goes on, unless people answer phones. The more advanced you are in writing text messages, the more advanced you are in your videos, the more advanced you are in your emails. It's really going to draw people into you, and you can articulate ways to connect with them emotionally and have influence over them long term. Does that make sense for you guys there? Right? Super important to understand that. Here's the other part. What do you think the biggest part of infomercials are? Yes. Good call, Brandon. 70% of most infomercials tend to be testimonials about what? Transformation. So I want to be able to do what? Show testimonials to my clients more. Jeremy's got pretty good at doing that lately, right? We need to make sure that you're getting John or anybody, uh, John, to get in there as fast as possible to take a video of your people so you can do what? Show it to your people. So I can drip them. With three or four emails of all my clients that had a very experience, a very good experience with me, what happens? It's a lay down, they trust me much, much better. Yep, it just changes their worldview. Studies, national studies show that successful infomercials have consist of 70% testimonials. Why? Because there is this thing of trust. It goes back to talked about who do I trust. And so if one of the problems they have is who do I trust, I want to layer in what? Testimonials via written and also via video. Video is much more believable. So I want to know which ones are ours. We'll get them uploaded to our site to have, and you can be able to share those 
email after email after email. But think how much easier is your non-local going to really knock down if you showed them four straight testimonials once a week for four weeks about how your people like you and love you? Think they're going to like you and want to trust you? Yeah, because other people have. Right? And so very, very important to understand that piece of that when we look down there. Right? There's three questions that people ask when they're buying something from you. One by one, has this person been able to do what they're describing for themselves? Have they been able to do what you're describing? So you want to talk about, like, yeah, if you have, and if you haven't, I'm going to talk about how this has helped other people buy the first home. Yep. The second part, has this person been able to help other people achieve the results they're describing? It's a natural question that consumers have. And so the sending the testimonials piece does what? Answer the question for them, right? Super simple. And the third question they have, right? Will this person be able to help me achieve these same results? Will this person be able to help me achieve these same results? This is the lens they're looking at you through and they're judging you to use you as a client or go through and follow through and buy or sell with you. The O part, what do you think the O part is? Offer. Offer. What's an offer? It could be a sales letter. It could be a text, email, more so an email. Yep, this is the time to describe exactly what you're offering for sale. What are you offering for sale? This is the part that's really missed a lot. Why? People get scared or forget to put the offer in, which is also asking the order. Hey, respond to me or whatever it is. Hey, well, let's get on the call. When can we sit down for five, ten minutes, right? When can we get on a virtual call? Whatever it is, you need to have the offer to move them to the next place in the sales cycle. With me on this? This is also, you know, the way to structure your presentation, too. If you notice, our stuff's pretty much in line with this already. Because ours came from Dan Kennedy. This is kind of a newer version. Uh, it's a little different than that. Right? So already, what? Define the problem. Clarify the cost of not solving it. Told the story of the solution. Helped them visualize the transformation through testimonies and others. Right? Now we got to make the offer. Here's exactly what you get. You guys with me on that? It could be the deliverables, right? Whatever it is, you could also make the offer. Hey, look, I got this free service, right? We can give, basically give you all these things here. Trying to help you guys get better at doing what? Taking some of the stuff we offer on the phones now and putting away where I can sprinkle it in through text message or email, right? So the offer is what you do. Last part for the R here is response. This is where most people get the weakest. This is where you're asking them to actually buy. For us, it's virtually, right? It's going to be what? You sign the agreement, or it's going to be, if I'm trying to get face-to-face, -face, getting on a virtual appointment, hey, when's time for us to get on a five, 10-minute consultation so we can help you guys get set up and get you down from New York, whatever it is, right? A consultation sounds a lot better than a virtual meeting. Yeah. Yeah, right? Because appointment for them to sell me something. Call station, say, hey, can I help you out or not? Right? When's a good time for us to take five, ten minutes to get a virtual consultation, get you guys set up? Right? Whatever it is, but you gotta figure out the next point. You wanna be hunting down all your people in your bucket. You wanna try to get to this point of how do I get them on a virtual so I can sign them? Period. What a lot of people do is they try to put them in a bucket and do virtual and do um follow up until what? The problem is that doesn't work. You don't sell a whole lot when you wait on them to tackle you. You have to be able to close and come in and get them face to face. 
Again, if somebody's not willing to do virtual appointments right now in 2022, why is that? Because most business in America is done virtually right now. Millions and millions and millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars, probably billions right now being done today virtually on Zoom. What's holding me back right now? This is a very, very good example. It's stuck right here between A and B. This is the way business is being done now. You can either accept it or you can fight it until somebody else wins, period. Right? Very, very important to understand that in that scenario. But this is the part where you cannot be weak. You've got to really ask them in a way to sign. Right? Here's the deal. If I do a virtual appointment, guess what I'm going through? The same exact process if you guys understand it. Why? Because it's all the same what? Psychology of understanding what's going on in that scenario, right? This is the point, the right decision. We're asking them to buy. It's very, very important. I cannot be weakened during this point. Does that make sense for you guys? Step-by-step -step instructions on what to do next. Here, just not be scared to get them on there. This could be your email, your text message, right? When's a good time for us to hop on a quick call, right? What's the next step? And you guys got to understand, what is the next step from a text message? Get on a call, right? Why is that? Because I want to get them on a call so I can talk to them so they can get on what? Face-to-face. -face. Whether it be virtual or in person. But I need you guys to understand and start writing and thinking like what? Ninja. A guy think like a ninja. Ninja can adjust. Ninja can understand. A ninja is move, making moves before they understand what's happening to them in that process. Very, very important for us to understand that in that piece. One of the coolest things I learned from this goes back how to structure anything, but you write down really... I got room to write this down. You write this in your copy. Any blank. The blank part is your audience. This is just why you write a lot of things like a headline. Can solve their problem. by using your product because how it solves your problem. Any audience can solve the problem by using your product because how it solves the problem. Any home seller can sell their home faster for more money by using the guaranteed sold system because, right, it manages all the variables proactively, sells homes twice as fast and for up to 20% more money than, tra than traditional methods. Right? I studied this for years and years and years and years with Dan Kennedy. Okay, what about the buy side? You guys get good at using this. Any, what could this be? Buyer. Home buyer, investor, first time buyer, second home buyer, relocation buyer, whatever your scenario is, can purchase the best property at the best possible price by using our unfair advantage home buying system because it practically manages all these variables to give you the ultimate competitive advantage when you're buying a property. 
This is not an experiment, what we do here. But I need you guys to get bought in and understand the psychology because we can't have a package a certain way and then have the other product or the way we fall back up look different. Does that make sense to you guys? It is very, very important to understand that piece and that. What questions you have about that? Isaac, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, Joe, go ahead. Yeah, we know where they're at. I don't know who they were there. Okay, because it is breaks down because here's the deal. You have your product, which ours is what? Unfair advantage, right? Guaranteed sold system, whatever it is in that problem. And you have two other pieces. You have here the pitch. And the second part you have is the packaging. The package. The packaging, what could the packaging be? The way your presentation is, the way you word, the word, the way you word things, the way you write things, but you part, you guys understand this part here and you bring this part to the, to, the, to the table. And so I have to master what? My pitch here, both in my words and also the way I write, and also I need to master here what? The packaging, the way I look, the way I talk, the way my certainty is. The way I drive them, the way I move them, the way I influence them, all these things have to become one because a product cannot stand alone by itself past a certain What do you have at the last place? Uh, three weeks and basically seven hours. Nothing, right? Nothing to deliver somebody that they actually have in that piece. Right? So it's important for us to understand that we have these here and we're getting very good at packaging. So I want you guys to take this from today. I just make it very good at packaging with my words. Very important. Wordsmith, right?